0: Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Mystery Hitchhiker, Anchors Away, Lucky Lost Love, and Vegas Rapist. Hi, I'm your
1: co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert, and this is Reenacted. An unsolved mysteries podcast. So, Crystal, as I was telling you before we started recording the pod, and then mm-hmm. when we initially tried report recording the pod,
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah, there's a little bit of studio magic there that none, no one yeah. listening to this will be privy to. A little, to.
0: uh, magic of television editing,
1: yes. Uh, I brought up <laughs> the topic of Taco Bell. And
0: yeah, we were going to we were going to talk some bell.
1: Yes. And you you were aware of generally the topic I was mm-hmm. going to discuss because. Yeah, you, I mean, had... I'm
0: I'm on the newsletter yeah. for sure.
1: You You yeah. heard about that, you know, they're discontinuing some items, which really wasn't anything that engaged me too much. Mm-hmm. I was more interested because I stopped at a Taco Bell after work one night. And oh. they had this whole slew of one dollar value items that okay. that I that hadn't been there before.
0: Okay, tell me about them.
1: Okay, one was this like beef burrito,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was good. Then there was mm-hmm. this cheese, this bean cheese rice burrito. Mm-hmm. I also Ooh. yeah, I I enjoyed I enjoyed eating that also. Mm. So Taco
0: Uh, Bell didn't have that before, or at least it wasn't on the value menu.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they had some version of it, but not like, not like just, in fact, all these things may have existed, but they weren't laid out for me on a big Mm -hmm. panel that said value menu Mm -hmm. $1 Mm -hmm. that I could easily just refer to. Mm -hmm. Um, Then there was like, I think it was one of those tacos that has like a soft taco over it or something. And then mm-hmm. there was a sort of a chicken quesadilla and then mm-hmm. something called a cheese wrap. Don't get that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just basically a tortilla with some melted cheese in it. <laughs> not, okay, you're, you're not getting your value for your buck like you are with the other items, which do did seem like a legitimate value because it's like, wow, mm-hmm. all four of these. And it's just like four bucks. Um, so I was just... I've been gorging on some Taco Bell for the last week.
0: Wow, wow, uh, yeah, I haven't been, I haven't been to the Bell in a while. They kind of when they did the last culling of the menu items, and um, yeah. they got rid of the double decker taco. A lot of the uh, magic was lost for me. <laughs> uh, uh, I did for the first time recently have. Um, a Dorito Locos Taco. I hadn't had one before. I realized they've been on the menu for a long time, but you I you mean ever? Uh, yeah, it was my first one ever. Oh like, wow! Like within the last two months. Yeah, I had my first Doritos Locos Taco.
1: Impression. It was fine. <laughs> I'm sure Taco Bell will be delighted to hear your recommendation of adequateness on on the part of it. Yeah, I, I mean, admittedly, it's it's basically it's just. One of their normal tacos, but with some flavoring, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I um, I appreciated the innovation, right?
1: Of oh, having yeah. a big
0: Dorito, basically, and then putting taco I mean, fillings in it. Um,
1: I mean that's that's why I like <laughs> the demolition day prediction that Taco Bell will win the franchise wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not ludicrous because you know so, so many of the other fast food chains really don't. I mean, their innovations are just trying to mess with like how much per how much they give you in terms of Mm -hmm. how much food for how much money, and they kind Mm -hmm. of adjust that. And da da da. Taco Taco Bell comes up with just like they're like, what kind of insanity can we Mm -hmm. can we think of? I mean, like Mm -hmm. you know, some you know stuff like a Dorito. A giant Dorito chip will be the taco show. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like Jack in a Box like is pretty innovative too, but a lot of their stuff like doesn't work, but they're they're more <laughs> willing to like go there. They
1: they throw a lot you of know? ideas against the wall, that's for sure.
0: They sure do. Hey, um Robbie, should we talk about
1: unsolved mysteries? <laughs> yeah, I guess we should. <laughs> we are on what season four episode
0: 15 really yeah wow. yep season four episode i mean i hope so that's the episode i watched
1: well to talk about today <laughs> we'll soon find out <laughs> why don't right. you uh lead us off with the first segment and <laughs> very quickly depending on whether i this is the one i saw or not we'll see how much i have to say <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay uh, so let's roll the dice here. It is. Um, the the Canada one was first, right? Is that the episode that you watched?
1: Uh, sure. Actually, I wasn't. I I didn't recall what the order was. So go ahead. You can talk oh. about the Canada one.
0: Okay. So yeah, sorry. This sorry for talking about these out of order that they aired. This is just what's happening these are the order that the tabs of my browser are open <laughs> to talk about these things um so we're gonna t- we're gonna talk about uh, a young man who uh was about to no he was going back to college
1: or going to college for the first time
0: Yeah. So he's in Alaska. He lives in Anchorage and uh, he's he's going he's got to drive down to Washington state to go to his college. Mm So there's a whole there's like a whole bunch of Canada in the way, though, if you're driving from Alaska to Washington. Yeah. And um, weirdly, we the first kind of piece of information that we get is from a Canadian border patrol. I don't know. I don't know what they. I don't know what they call them up there in Canada, <laughs> but Canadian border patrol. The reenactment uh, and, and,
1: of this Canadian border whatever was so charmingly quaint.
0: Yeah, and the the Canadian border patrol is like, hey there, you got some, uh, you got some uh, firearms you've taken with you, and and then <laughs> Philip Philip Fraser was as he he was like, yeah, I, I mean, I own some guns legally, but and then and then uh the canadian border patrol person was like oh yeah you can't be taking those into canada with you and so then they took him aside and they took his guns and then unsolved mystery was like very ominously saying that now the guns were the p- property of the canadian government <laughs> and um
1: well, well i just found i just found it like cuz in the reenactment it looks like they've st- like like the border crossing station, it looks like it's just two Canadian border people in front of like a gift shop or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, I guess maybe, uh, the, the, maybe it is a real gift shop and they were just, they had the film so, somewhere and they're like, well, we're yeah. not going all the way up to Yukon territory uh, yeah, on this budget, we're not
0: doing that. So let's we're just find a ship. building
1: that kind of looks semi official.
0: Well, yeah. wherever they they filmed, because they they have the original border patrol agent, they talk to him, and then they talk to mm-hmm. a guy who lives in either northern British. I know I get very confused because this, this is a really big area of land we're talking about, oh, yeah. and and mysteries didn't really give us a map. Um, a so big oversight like, on their part. Yeah, they're throwing out, like, names of Canadian towns that I'm like, is that NBC? Is that Yukon? How close is that to the U.S. border? Like, we really don't know. We really don't know unless I wanted to now open a map and, like, start triangulating things. But I'm not going to do that. So we don't get a map. It just is, so this is just all Canada we're going to talk about now. And uh, so Philip continues on his way, minus his guns. And uh, he stops where? At some it doesn't even, like... Oh, okay. According to the wiki, the next place we see Philip, he's at the 40-mile flat cafe. Yes. Which is 600 miles away from the border checkpoint. So he's he's made some distance. He, he's getting pretty close
1: to the U.S. border. He Yes, yes. Uh, he's he's getting really... I'm sure he was really excited. Like, he's he's almost there. Just one more push, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows? It could be another 1,200 miles from... <laughs> Like the scale of Alaska and Canada is insane. And I live in California.
1: Yeah. And you live
0: in Nevada. And those are very big places. And I'm like trying to think of like about how big Alaska. It's like it's me. It's like me being on Earth trying to imagine the size of Saturn. Like I can't do
1: it. Oh, yeah. It's too big. That's a good analogy. That's a good analogy.
0: The way that Unsolved Mysteries is telling the story is now. Okay, we're going to forget about Philip for a second. And at the Forty Mile uh, Flat Cafe, this mysterious uh, male hitchhiker gets dropped off, and um, the owner of the cafe, Gay, and her and her daughter Tina, um, they they serve this man in the cafe, and said he's just he's just very off. Mm-hmm. Um, they they fall short; they fall just short of calling him the R word, but I feel like that's what they wanted to say.
1: <laughs> okay yeah i I mean they 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 give they they do talk about that like really give the impression mm-hmm. that like there's something wrong mm-hmm. with this guy, but in the reenactment he really is just sitting there at the cafe just not talking mm-hmm. uh, yeah,
0: yeah uh, so they serve this man and they're like you know gay and Tina are talking about well, should we be should we call somebody this guy's real weird, and then uh Philip shows up at the cafe. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, get something to eat and whatever whatever else and so on his way so this is coming now from the perspective of of uh the owner of the cafe Gay is saying she sees the hitchhiker approach Philip and Philip kind of like shuts him, and like in the reenactment he's kind of like oh, no man I'm going I'm going this other way so like I can't take you and then you know Philip gets in his car and he starts to leave well in the reenactment and this is really scary. The hitchhiker guy like runs up as the car, as Philip's car is pulling away, like opens the door and basically like tries to get in the car as it's moving.
1: I interpreted that those events differently. Hmm. In my from my perspective, my certain point of view, if you will, Mm -hmm. Uh, like Philip pulls up to the hitchhiker as if Philip has had a change of heart. And it was like hey you know I, I think I might be able to take you uh going that way I know I said i I, I wasn't but uh, I, I can totally accommodate you and the then but and then the hitchhiker opens the door and it's like Philip is still driving while he's trying to get in it, like some sort of you know stupid joke like oh <laughs> you better get in real quickly hmm. uh, that's literally what I what I interpreted it as like uh, uh, I mean, it is like, because it is strange that like the car is moving while the hitchhiker's trying to get in, and yeah, one would think that that would that the circumstances of that would be the hitchhiker trying to get in, uh, mm-hmm. uh while while Philip is trying to drive away. But I I didn't interpret it that way at all. Uh, um, but reg- yeah,
0: I I definitely got like this guy is really trying to get in this car. From- huh
1: interesting
0: not not good reasons
1: uh well okay well yeah certainly didn't have good reasons but regardless of which (laughs) which interpretation and i don't know maybe our our listeners at home want to chime in here as to who they think is right uh philip and the hitchhiker did end up in the same car together yeah
0: i mean well the wiki the wiki says philip at first reviews refused but the man began running after the car and philip then decided to give the man a ride yeah so he's basically like bullied into it and so anyway this is the last time that anyone sees philip alive um so 200 miles later uh so i guess further yeah south of the cafe um the I, it, it looks to me from the reenactment that philip's car was some kind of like black volkswagen rabbit looking thing it's a small kinda. black
1: car which is about yeah. as much detail you'll get uh, for, for about a car from me as
0: um yeah so this presumably we don't we don't know because unsolved mysteries kind of takes a leap here with the story mm mm-hmm. mhm we don't actually know. So this so this man is on the side of the road in a small black car and the man is the hitchhiker from the previous part of the story. Uh, we get some commentary from a guy who pulls over to try and help this guy because it's stranded on the side of the road. But we don't actually have any confirmation it's the same person seen at the cafe or that it's this or it was philip's car we don't know any of that we don't even know if this this man helping this guy on the strand on the side of the road actually had anything to do with the rest of the story hmm. so it, i mean at least it's not explained explicitly they saw him have some funny behavior, but we don't... I guess he matches the description, but we don't know that it was Phillips' car or anything like that. So yeah. there would be no way to identify that from the information that we're given. So we're just assuming these two two incidents are connected. Um. So anyway, uh, this guy, Eddie, helps this hitchhiker. He tows, him, tows the car to his house, and they, they put him up for the night. And uh, interestingly, there's, like, the reenactment of Eddie's basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh eddie's like uh yeah we've had you know a lot of people sleep down here they sleep really good Uh, so have a good night there's some things over there to help yourself so anyway uh it so was nice eddie's having thinking.
1: listeners in canada
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what <laughs> it's actually for the best that you did
1: the did the segment and did the canadian voices rather than me because otherwise we'd yeah. be in a lot of trouble
0: it, it comes <laughs> 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 Well, you know the persistent discrimination against Canadians in this country isn't something to be joked about. No. Um, no, I'm taking shots because we can't even like go in their country right now.
1: Oh, <laughs> Canada yeah. has said,
0: "No, thank you." Um, also, they talk funny. So, anyways, uh, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie sets up the hitchhiker guy in the basement. Uh, weirdly, again, the guns thing comes up. Because Eddie says, you know, he had twelve to fifteen guns stored in the basement, and this hitchhiker guy was sleeping right by them. And yeah, I was. I don't tr- know why this detail is mentioned.
1: The yeah, the only the only reason I could see why it it was mentioned at all because it do- I was waiting for it to play some sort of factor coming in, but it doesn't. So I think maybe it's just in the interview. The, you know, the the owner of the of the guns was just he threw that out there like sort of like god you know i i didn't even think about it at the time but yeah if this guy yeah this guy could have stumbled upon my guns and you know done something to me and my wife or or something
0: right right well um it, it's just interesting to me that in the first bit we learn about philip having to surrender his guns right and then again the gun thing i don't know why the no one gets shot <laughs> yeah and <laughs> this entire story is so i don't know why gun, the gun things going no out, guns but.
1: get stolen it's just um
0: yeah just we i don't really fixated on the gun aspect unsolved mysteries not do, sure why okay do, do you
1: think if phillips still had his guns he'd be a he'd be alive today Cut that out. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's way too political. Sorry. I just
0: <laughs> Well, it's not even political. It's like, okay, he wasn't he was in danger the minute the hitchhiker got in the car. So it was either he the hitchhiker was gonna get him one way or he was gonna get shot by his own gun.
1: Yeah, you know, certainly because when they have the reenactment of him pointing up to the 40 mile cafe. The owner describes how he spends a lot of time rooting around in the back seats of his car, searching as if he's searching for something. Mm -hmm. And so it does it does strike me that it's quite possible that had he needed his his guns, he would have had to search through a bunch of shit to get to. them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't know that that would have made him any safer. Maybe that's the tack that unsolved mysteries is taking with us.
1: that's what i, I felt was kind of like what unsolved mysteries <laughs> was was trying to insinuate if like, only it
0: had his guns and that 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 communist canadian government hadn't confiscated <laughs> red-blooded americans guns be- while he went to evergreen college
1: <laughs> i believe you know yeah <laughs> God. So- Sorry, I I just I, <laughs> I just felt it had to be talked about. Um,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I I unsolved mysteries lean, leaned into it. It was worth discussing. Um, okay, so so Eddie and his wife. Then so the hitchhiker stays the night. <clears throat> uh, hitchhiker comes upstairs. They had they serve him breakfast. He, uh, hitchhiker offers to sell Eddie the car, but it was over the weekend and. And uh, the hitchhiker just wanted a plane ticket to Seattle, and Eddie's like, "Okay, well, I mean, but if you're going to sell me the car because of the international issue, we would have to do it through customs. So can we just wait till Monday? Because I am interested in buying it." But he and the hitch.
1: But he can't yes. wait because he has to get to Evergreen College by. Yeah,
0: he has to get to Evergreen <laughs> by Monday.
1: For, by, by by the time classes start.
0: Yeah. But the hitchhiker had a lot of information that sounded really similar to um, Philip's situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, like my parents are doctors in Anchorage, and I'm going to Evergreen, and the, I'm going to be this, that, and the other thing. Yeah,
1: the scenario unsolved mysteries puts forward, and I think it's also what like the, the conjecture of like whatever law enforcement was that the hitchhiker had like. Listen to Phillips talk about himself for about an hour to sort of, you know, g- pick up all the information he needed about him uh, mm-hmm. before before uh, uh, I guess getting rid of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, I mean, I get, I guess, like you, you would probably want some information if you got pulled over or something, or. Mm-hmm. Or if there's some questions about, hey, who, 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 who are you, and where you're going, um, or maybe, maybe the hitchhiker just really liked the idea that like, he was going to pretend to be this guy, whose car he had, mm-hmm. he had taken. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, well, and to the point where he, he, he decides to carry both his own and Philip's wallet, which comes up.
0: Mm-hmm. So while he's um getting ready to leave the the Olsen household after breakfast. He offers to give them some cash for their trouble. And so he had two, yeah, he had two wallets on them. Mm-hmm. And then like with one of the wallets, he kind of like took like in the reenactment, he like took it behind his back and is <laughs> rifling through it. And then uh, pulls out a 20 and hands it to, uh, hands it to Eddie. Um, the hitchhiker then goes out to fix the car. I guess it was just a broken fan belt. He's on his way within an hour. Um, and then we don't really know what happens. But 12 hours later, Philip's car was found at a car wash 300, 300 miles, I guess, further south. I don't really know.
1: Yeah, I think, I think From that the, was So, like, suggestion. what's the
0: distance covered here? Let me do a little quick math. So we have, like, 600, 600 in the first leg, 200 in the next leg, and then the last one is 300.
1: Okay. So, so what
0: is that? That's 11...
1: 1100 that's, miles um
0: that's 1100 miles distance c- covered here
1: with your permission crystal i'm going to mm-hmm. i'm going to b- bring up a google map and oh wait
0: okay this computer yes. is not
1: connected to the internet never mind
0: ah uh, <laughs> well i guess our listeners will have to do their own homework on canadian geography
1: uh <laughs> you so, have your homework so, assignment so- <laughs> kids Please have it ready by the time of the next podcast. Yeah,
0: we want you to draw a map out of what happened. Here, okay, so Philip's car was found at a car wash, but it was like totally gutted and burned. Like to a crisp. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh I think I think it was at that point that Philip had already been reported missing or something. Mm-hmm. Or am I thinking of a case later in the episode? No, he'd already been reported missing at that point. So the Canadian authorities were, like, well aware that they were looking
1: right. For what car they were looking for. Right.
0: Um. So they found the car. I think at that point they contacted the parents to let them know they had found the car. About six weeks later, um, Philip's body was recovered mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: about 70 miles from where the olsons were so right about right about where the Ol- the olsons picked up the hitchhiker it sounds like
1: man he must have like broken this... down immediately after having disposed mm-hmm. of phillips's body
0: mm-hmm. yeah I, <laughs> you'd have to I imagine mean, you'd
1: have to imagine he'd be really annoyed by that too like what yeah. now I mean, yeah i mean you, you, that's probably like something you'd actually prefer that the the real owner of the car have to deal with um I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: No, but uh I mean it's just it's really it's really interesting is that yeah, he got to a certain point but maybe it was an issue of like the car wouldn't start back up again. Right?
1: Yeah, I mean that's possible. <laughs> I mean that would really be creepy. He had disposed of the body yeah. and then all he gets in the car and it's not starting. This couple comes by to like, oh, you know, this poor guy's stranded. Let's help him out not knowing what had just transpired I mean though unsolved mysteries they do they had this little reenactment of what I I think is it's supposed to be portray like the hitchhiker is fin, fin, uh, disposed of the body and he's running into the car hops in and pulls off onto the um, highway or whatever and I gotta say like mm. all I am just really appreciating all of this. The scenery we're seeing. I,
0: yeah, wherever this is, is if it's BC or Yukon or whatever, or Washington State, even it's beautiful.
1: It is. I, I'm yeah, it.
0: yeah. I mean, it's just like snow capped mountains and pine forests, lots and... of
1: overcast sky. It's, just, yeah, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's really, it, I mean, other than the murdery stuff, seems like a really nice place to visit. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I was wrong about all the gun stuff. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, because Philip was I'm shot. I'm glad you've with come around pistol. on
1: this issue, Crystal. I, I I know it's taken a long time for me to to press you on this, but
0: um, uh, yeah, you're such a gun nut. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, no, he was. I guess I understand now why Unsolved Mysteries was leaning so hard into it. Is because Philip was shot with a pistol. Oh. I didn't catch that from this. I didn't catch that from the segment. I'm seeing okay. it now. On the Wiki, that makes so. more sense
1: now. Why they would yeah. talk about it. Okay.
0: Right. Okay. That does make more sense. Like why are we what's some all the gun fixation? <laughs> um so Phillips like credit cards, checkbook, passports, birth certificate, all the stuff he would have had to take with him to get through customs and then into college. Um all of that stuff's never been recovered. And uh, there's no update on this one.
1: Really There's sucks. some
0: drawings of a guy. There's like some
1: This is like these drawings i mean Mm -hmm. god it's it's basically if you took if you took the hair of mo from the three stooges
0: yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say
1: oh awesome
0: (laughs) it looks like you've lined up the three stooges when you put all the pictures (laughs) together
1: (laughs) Wow, that would be probably the darkest Three Stooges movie ever. Uh, like the three of them. Can community. you imagine
0: like a, like it's a, like a just a whoopsie daisy? We killed a guy in the woods, like
1: farce. <laughs> that's that's what they should have gone with that remake. Maybe that's what they were gonna do with that that remake that that movie a- adaptation of the Three Stooges a couple of year a couple of years ago. Not the one we got, but you remember back?
0: Yeah, I'm. I don't want to remember this, but you've reminded me of it. Okay, and it happened. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, that was. I mean, obviously a, a huge disaster. But do you remember, like, a year or a few years before that, when they were talking about doing a Three Stooges movie? They had three actors uh, that they were contemplating using for it that seemed like totally not suited for it uh mm-hmm. I mean, for the that kind of like film it was like it was Benicio del Toro okay and I can't remember the <laughs> other two but like actors along the, that vein
0: uh-huh
1: now I mean in I can't see them doing a three Stooges film unless it's a three Stooges film where there's a homicide involved basically it's just like... <laughs> Three Stooges and the usual Suspects like you smash yeah. Those two together and That's yeah, the kind of film wasn't it f-
0: like Benicio del Toro Christopher Walken And like uh, You know like Harvey Keitel isn't that who they Decided it, it
1: was it was it was stuff like, Yeah and if not them specifically <laughs> Like actors that would You know that would be uh, You know as as Equally like you couldn't Picture them doing that kind of role Um mm-hmm yeah so, so there you go. We've just made our pitch for a dark dark murder thriller starting the three Stooges um, yeah
0: um don't don't make let's just not. <laughs> Sorry. Uh should we move on uh yes. to uh s- something maybe a little bit more inspiring?
1: Yes. Wait, are you talking about our next
0: next segment? I am talking about our next segment, Robbie.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I guess I guess I mean, through a certain point of view, I could see where there would be some some inspiringness to this cuz s- s- not all of them died. Talking about the crew of the Cassie Nicole. Yep. It is another boat segment. We yeah, just, we
0: just di- we just did a boat segment. Oh my god.
1: Yes, and really, like, uh. if there's one, one absolute lesson I've learned from this show, from this episode, all the way back to like when we, when we covered the Sarah Joe, mm-hmm. it's just don't go on the water, man. Just
0: don't. Go on the don't go on the water, don't get in a boat. Stay on land.
1: Don't get in a boat.
0: Stay on the land.
1: Yeah, don't get in a boat. (laughs) Don't do it. Yeah, because it just seems like these boats are just sinking. That's what happens. You just go out on the water and you sink. Uh, so anyway, to maybe rewind a little bit, this takes us back to 1990, which I imagine was fairly recent. Uh, considering what time the year this episode would have been broadcast, this this was like yeah. a relatively current event. Um, I
0: think it probably happened about a yeah. This was this episode was broadcast in January of nineteen
1: ninety two. So oh yeah okay so it's like within like a couple like of a years. year and a half before. Shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, we go to Georgia. And we get a group of individuals who go out on the boat called the Na- Cassie Nicole it was owned by someone named Billy Joe N- Nesmith. Nesmith. Sure. Nesmith.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We'll call him Billy Joe. Uh, Great. Yeah. And he went along with uh, his brother, Nathan, his nephew, Keith Wilkes, and then a friend named Franklin Brant Brantley and i, I guess th- their plan was they were going to be doing uh, a lot of fishing right i understand that correctly didn't i they were just going yeah it was a fishing boat yeah yeah for commercial purposes and we get a reenactment where the brother nathan you know he's he's he has he's the he has the watch for night so he's driving the boat and he notices that the, the movement of the boat seems off. Like, you know, uh, uh, it, it's it's not turning or, or responding quite in the right way. Uh, he his, his, gets his brother. And the interaction and the reenactment between his brother and him just seemed like one long series of, like, the brother just... Is one long series of Billy Joe, just like, just like treating Nathan like, like a moron. Like, <laughs> have you, well, have you checked the engine yet? Well, n- no. Well, let's check the engine. Oh my God, there's water in it. Well, and yeah, have you, um. Uh, what were the other series of things? It was, it was that stuff like, have you, have we woke up the guys yet? No. Well, you better wake the guys up. Have you done this yet? Yeah. No. Well, you better. It's like, dude, I, I think I, the impression I got was like, you know, Nathan was relatively new to this and this guy's just treating him like, you know, like an idiot. Cause he doesn't intuitively know everything about boats, but yeah, there's water in the, the engine. Uh, of course, Nathan hadn't tried doing the pumps yet, so his brother's like, "Why haven't you tried doing the pumps yet?" And uh, they wake up the the other two, and, and in the process of doing that, discover that their the cat the compartment they're in also has water in it. Uh, they their pump thing or whatever doesn't work, if I recall correctly, so they have to u- try to use buckets to get the water out. Mm. Um, and I guess the radio's not working. Uh, did that guy who like killed his wife was was he involved with the the maintenance of this boat or something? Because the, the, the in addition to all this shit, when they finally have to abandon ship, the life raft they have like is is out of date or, or you know it's gotten I... moldy. It 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 starts to to slowly sink. Yeah. And not to mention, it was also a two person life raft. So I'm st- I'm, st- I was like trying to figure out what, what the other two, how, how they're going to make that work. But, um, regardless, uh, they're out there on the water. I feel
0: like, can I interrupt for just a second? Yeah. Between, between this episode and the last episode with the boat thing. Uh, There is just a certain type of man (laughs) that seems to be like, he's like the duct tape guy. Do you know what I mean? Instead of like fixing something correctly and thoroughly, he's just like slapping some duct tape on it and being like, oh, it's fine. You know what I mean? He's like the it's fine duct tape guy. And I feel like in in both of these situations, we have people who are not doing the like, proper safety checks at least weekly before they take their <laughs> boat out on the water yeah because you would have known that you're because the yeah the safety raft and this one was rotted the one in the segment last week was uh had holes in it or something mm-hmm. it was like not like the first raft had holes in it or whatever the story was but yeah yeah i'm just i'm I guys like don't it's not fine. <laughs> you need to fix it properly and you need to stay on top of that stuff. What, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs>
1: what sort of percentage would you say because they mentioned that like almost nine hundred people a year are lost in the coastal waters of the United States? Yeah.
0: Well, they said they drowned. Oh, drowned, in yeah. So, so you could just, just be at the beach swimmers. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But what percentage of, of that number would you say are people who who weren't performing the sort of uh, the amount of regular maintenance Boat on their maintenance. craft that crystal recommends
0: um like it's one of those i don't i have no idea maybe five percent because it's one of those things where it's fine until it isn't yeah and this is one of those situations that we're talking about with the casey nicole's like it was fine until it wasn't
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know so
1: yes. so they're they're on their their raft it's slowly sinking And Nathan thinks he sees, like, uh, something off in the distance, and Mm -hmm. he resolves that he's going to go swim out to it. I guess the other three guys Mm -hmm. were telling him, no, don't, because we need to to all stick together. Uh, We can't just Mm -hmm. (laughs) be—because the the ocean's a big place. We just can't be going—this isn't like walking down to the corner store to get something (laughs) if Mm -hmm. you go off in that direction—
0: I'm not really sure I buy the, like, stick together thing on a sinking raft. I think this might be splitting up might have actually been a better idea.
1: I I agree. It's like, (laughs) what 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 else are you going to do? Right. Yeah. So he swims out to what turns out. It's just like it's the boat that they had abandoned. It's just sort of like it's still sort of near the surface. Like the bottom of it is a little bit above Mm -hmm. water. So he
0: yeah, it's the hull of the boat, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so he he climbs up on that. And I believe it was from there that he witnessed some sort of freighter um, pass through where he had come from. And he was of the impression that he thought he saw it circ- do some circling. So in his mind, he's he, he thought that the freighter had rescued his friends mm-hmm. which was an interesting thing to contemplate because i can only imagine that after about an hour when that freighter disappeared and mm-hmm. didn't come and pick him up
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: maybe he'd began begun to wonder whether he had been set up for a death or something um, yeah but so he i think he made it through the night uh, clinging to the hall of the craft then he saw something else floating he swam out Mm -hmm. to that and it was like a compartment that they would be putting their fish or whatever they they retrieved out of the ocean into and i guess yeah it was
0: a a big freezer type thing
1: thing and he was able to climb into it and use it as like a flotation something or ever um i mean it it didn't look particularly comfortable or great but i guess it was easier than clinging onto the hull of a boat Mm -hmm. that potentially probably would have ended up sinking completely and Mm -hmm. he laid down in that for about three days before some people Mm -hmm. and just like i guess out for just a a ride or or something came across him uh he had to have been cooked by that point right
0: oh yeah he said he was like he was dead basically i mean at that point yeah
1: i just I'm, i'm i'm incredulous that like at the very least, wouldn't you like sort of try to readjust your shirt so that it'd be covering your face? I mean, I realize your, um, your stomach's going to get cooked, but would, yeah, you just want the shade, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, maybe I might try to like try put the shirt over the like some portion of the um, the freezer thing.
1: Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that would actually make more sense if, and he was a big guy, so that shirt could produce yeah. a lot more shade than just a, a normal size shirt. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: So he's so he's this is pretty miraculous stuff. He's rescued. He's rescued. Yeah. Um, and then like a couple weeks later, or no, a couple months later, right? Yeah. Then,
1: then the mysterious phone call. Two or three months later, the families of the other people start receiving these phone calls and they just entirely they consist of a spanish voice um the only english it's saying is just saying the name of whichever particular individual they're related to and the phone number and then and then like you know presumably a lot of spanish that no one can understand and this is this is happening with multiple individuals Mm. Um, so either it was someone pulling a really sick prank, uh, or the hypothesis is that this freighter that picked these guys up, took them somewhere really bad. And, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, they don't really, they don't specify anything specific, but I mean, they're basically in a situation where they, there was like, I guess just one sympathetic soul who was uh, willing to make some phone calls to try to um, Mm -hmm. try to help them out. But then that's all we get for the segment.
0: Now, Billy Joe ate the other guys, right? That's what really happened.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if they didn't get picked up by that freighter. uh, Yeah. And, you know, they said the Coast Guard in that region did their biggest search in that region ever. But if, if, if they, you know, they didn't get picked up by that freighter and they didn't get found by the coast guard then somebody did some eating of somebody else
0: yeah i mean how long do you think he waited like a couple hours couple of days
1: well you know the thing and is the is eyes. by the time like the first of your companions has died you're already pretty hungry yourself yeah so yeah,
0: yeah. um it's this is a hell of a unsolved mystery God. <laughs> i think
1: I mean, this is this is on Sarah Joe level. That was Mm -hmm. that was weird, too. That
0: was that was weird. I was initially thinking the phone calls were just like um, a telemarketer going through the roles and calling in Spanish
1: (laughs) because I get I get calls
0: in like Korean and Chinese all the time. Oh, okay. All the time. So um, I think they're just going through the like the roles of like numbers but who knows i mean maybe they're maybe they were taken to cuba maybe they were taken to Colombia. maybe who knows man it's a good mystery though
1: yeah totally
0: we need to move it along to mac the knife
1: did you say mac the knife
0: yeah the knife okay because he he stabbed a knife into the heart's of his, his...
1: His sweet, sweet... Hand.
0: No, I'm just... I'm trying to do a segue. It's really bad. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Mac was... Where's the start? The start's down here, doesn't it? Like, in, what does it say? Pomona? Okay. Um. So, in 1948... Mac, who was then 20, fell in love with a 16-year-old neighbor, and they uh, they started having a relationship.
1: I have to stop right here just to point out that when I was watching this segment, I didn't catch the ages at first. So I thought it was more like a class thing. And it was only like halfway mm-hmm. through the segment where I'm like, what? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see why the mother was so upset.
0: Right, right. Um, anyway, continue. <laughs> I, I had to watch. Yeah, I watched this episode twice. I didn't pick up on any of this stuff the first first go round. So the second round, I got it. Yeah. Um. So the sixteen year old neighbor, neighbor, Mary Helen Carr. Uh So one, you know, like also the guy they have playing twenty year old Mac in nineteen forty eight looks like a fat guy. Like he went on to do other stuff. He looks familiar. He's he like does, really he like did I felt like I knew him and, yeah, I feel like he's a that guy. He's probably been in other stuff, whoever this reenactor is. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, like the all, most of this, all of this is told from the point of view of Mac, right? Because, uh, well, we'll get to why he's, this is a lost loves segment in case that wasn't clear immediately.
1: <laughs> it's not clear by the end of it either.
0: <laughs> yeah, oof, yeah. Uh, Boy, I have a lot of things to say when we get to the end of this. Um, so Mary Helen approaches Mac and I guess Mac was just, you know, devilishly good looking and had a, had a motorcycle and was just like the neighborhood bad boy of Pomona.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, they, they start a relationship. Um, but the mom, yeah, like Robbie said, the mom had like a big, really big problem with this. Um, uh, Yeah, and then finally at some point the mom catches them and and then Mac decides that he has to leave?
1: That's what you gotta do. That's what what they did back then, Crystal. They dealt with problems by leaving. Or having someone sent away. (laughs) That's how you deal with problems.
0: (laughs) I mean, I wish my ex-boyfriends would just fucking disappear to the oil fields of Texas, but that's (laughs) never what happens. Uh, anyway, uh, so about a month later, Mary runs away from her home to go be with Mac somewhere around Houston, and um, so then they're together. And then the next day, they found an apartment. They're, they're posing as if they're married, um, but in the mean and and then about a month later, they get a phone call from a, fr- a friend telling. Uh, Mary Helen that police were on the way to their apartment because Mary's mother had pressed statutory rape charges against him. Yeah. Um, I didn't know those existed in 1948, but okay.
1: I'm, 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 I was surprised myself. When, when did that even become, when did, when did that become a legal thing? I mean, I kind of felt like this was like one of those situations where it was like, in most cases, it would have been something where like they just, made them get married or something mm-hmm. I, yeah
0: well i mean i can understand i totally understand where mary's mother was oh. um, coming from
1: yeah i would be too uh,
0: and what she was trying to prevent inevitably happened yeah. unfortunately so uh anyway so mac mac got out of there
1: the uh, reenactment really, like, is so ridiculous so <laughs> good It's so good, he got, it's so good. <laughs> he got out of there uh and 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 Robert Stack says he got out of there just in the nick of time, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And then we s- see him like tearing out on his motorcycle, and he's driving through like sleet and snow to get 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 out of Texas.
1: It's like there's a green <laughs> screen behind him. It looks, it, mm-hmm. it reminds me so much of uh, the in, in the movie Airplane when a guy comes mm-hmm. by to pick Robert Stack up to bring him to the airport. And they're riding in the car, be- uh, uh, with a screen behind it projecting all sorts of <laughs> stuff happening on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what this this reenactment felt like. And did, I I just mm-hmm. wanted to mention, like, when 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 he drives out of the driveway ahead of the cops, it is like two or three seconds before the police car is shown arriving, and I realize. That's, they, they, they don't mean to suggest that's literally how it happened, but mm-hmm. if that had been literally how it happened, you know, they would have been like, wait, wait, that guy who just left, that's probably him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be the conclusion to yeah. make?
0: <laughs> yeah, that would, but like.
1: I know it's know. all sim- symbolism.
0: It's all symbolism. It's all made up. Yeah. Uh, so so about a year later, Mac comes back to Southern California, uh, the L.A. area where he's originally from, because he he lined up a job and he's in um, a convertible at this point. I don't know what happened to the motorcycle, but he's with a friend in the reenactment. And he, they go to this, like, drive-in restaurant in Long Beach. Yeah. And, uh, and who, who else comes up to the car working as a car hop but Mary? And in the reenactment, she gives him, like, a, like immediately gives him a kiss. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so glad to see you. And, like, you sh- when uh, when I'm done with my shift, come see me at my apartment. And then she's like, and meet your baby. And uh, <laughs> Max like, What? <laughs> Um, and then, a and present tense Mac was like, well, yeah, I mean, there's a possibility, there's a possibility that there could have been a baby. So he's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, we we were fucking, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, but he, but he says it really politely.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: Um, so later that evening, Mac shows up at the apartment. He knocks on the reenactment, he knocks on the apartment door and, and mother is there holding the baby. And so Mac's freaking out because he thought, you know, this mom hates my guts. She probably still has outstanding, like there's probably still an outstanding warrant for my arrest. So Mac doesn't stay long. He like holds the kid for a second and like doesn't even, he doesn't even know like the gender of the child because he's so freaked out that the police are going to like pop up to arrest him. And uh, then he then he gets gets the hell out of there. And that's sort of the end of that. Fast forward to I'll, about. F- I
1: wanted mm-hmm. to talk about the, that reenactment uh, a, a little yeah. bit. I mean, first notice. Sure. Uh, first thing I noticed was when he went up the stair stairway to go to her apartment. Um, the doors com- from her apartment compared to the other one are different. Like the d- totally different door in place. And so hers was so as a result, her number had to be put on a little like platform uh, or stand or something, whereas the number on the other door was just affixed to it. That's not actually what I wanted to talk about. I just noticed that. But no, actually, what you know, what I noticed in the reenactment is the sort of editorial spin that Unsolved Mysteries was giving via the actress playing the mother is uh-huh. like, I definitely got the vibes that, you know, uh that woman playing the mother is playing it as this sort of like, she's she softened up on this, not necessarily because she likes Mac, but like there is now a, a kid involved. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, she had tried to stop it, ended up happening anyway. So I, I it kind of feels like there's a, she, the actress, is playing it up like I felt like playing it like the mother is like, you know, I'm, 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 I, I, I can reconcile myself to this situation, but she probably should have said something so Mac wouldn't get so freaked out and <laughs> run
0: off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she probably should have said something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fast forward forty two years. Yes. Later, <laughs> and. <laughs> Mac, now an old man. He never married, I guess. He never had any more children.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he is now appealing to unsolved mysteries to help him find his long lost kid. Again, he doesn't even know the gender. So when he's he keeps referring to this person as a youngster, even though this person would be in their forties when he's trying to <laughs> locate locate them and uh and because he has a pretty substantial estate, he needs to um sign over to someone when he passes away. Yes. So he wanted to leave it to his kid. Uh, so the update is that Mary Helen was watching the broadcast and she called the telecenter and um, the 43 year old daughter who we get a very interesting interview with <laughs> named Sherry Blackman who oh herself is now married with two children Um, you know Sherry had been raised by a loving stepfather like sherry's like basically like i've already been made whole so i guess i can meet with this guy but like i'm fine Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and this is kind of weird you know yeah (laughs) and uh yeah the the the,
1: this this is not played like a lot of the other reunions uh it's not that soft music mm -mm. it it is um i mean (laughs) Unsolved Mysteries is kind of they're hedging their bets with how they, they yeah. put this because it is made it is made really heavily implied, like uh this is not necessarily a happy ending.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Mary Helen and, and Sherry both are like, I mean, I guess he can hang out. <laughs> It, you know what I mean? They weren't like outright rejecting the idea, but they were weren't really embracing it either, and and uh, under, understandably so. Yeah, because this because this guy ain't shit, and he ain't never been shit, and he had forty two years to figure that shit out. And uh, you know, he it was only him being old and wistful at the end of his life. Also, there was like a lot of really awkward hugs that he was like forcing right on Sherry. That I'm like, she doesn't know you. <laughs> right you know what i mean like
1: i mean she clearly she, she doesn't like, owe
0: him a damn thing
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah
0: um i mean it's sad that it took mac until his old age to like realize that he would fucked up right because he had all he did have all this time to get get straight with them and he chose not to mm-hmm. so mm-hmm so you know, fuck this guy.
1: And you know, one thing I wanted to mention about <laughs> this guy yeah. is he lived in Reno. Uh, yep. He even used the term when he like when he came across Mar- Mary um, at that uh, diner at the yeah carhop at, at a, the drive-in at yeah. the carhop thing. Like it was, the odds of just like coming across her like that was like like having a winning Kino ticket in Reno.
0: Yeah. You know what's funny to me is when he was, yeah, he was talking about the odds. He's like, now Los Angeles is a big city. And I'm like, you're from here and you say Los Angeles? Is that like an old, like, did, did like old timey white people that are from LA call it Los Angeles? Like, that's a really
1: weird way of saying it to me. <laughs> that, that, um, that, I, I, yeah, yeah, that, that would be something, right? If that, I've never, I've never, I've never heard of anyone pronouncing it that way, but wouldn't that be strange if it turned out that was actually like a way to talk about it back in the forties. If you find a yeah, really old person, ask them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I, well, it kind of reminded me of the, the stranger's narration from the big Lebowski.
1: Oh, and Sam
0: Elliott saying Los Angeles. Like that's the only other time I've heard somebody say it that way.
1: Oh man. I never, I never came across that. I or picked that up when I have watched that movie. Okay,
0: because I just made a face that was like, "You haven't seen the big." No, 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 no. I, I've, I've, I've s- just made like I've a seen, hard face. I've
1: seen. I've seen the movie. I I I, I never picked okay. up that uh, Samuel. It was pronouncing that way. I wonder if the Cohen Brothers <laughs> watched this unsolved <laughs> mystery segment. It's Maybe. like, hey, that's a funny way to uh, pronounce Los Angeles. Write that down on the piece of paper. That may come in handy yeah. later. <laughs> It. Well, I just wanted to mention that uh, Mac, uh-huh. uh, piece of shit as he yeah. is, uh, died like uh, th- a few years ago. Uh, a few
0: years ago from us? Yeah. From our time?
1: 2017.
0: Oh, 2017. Interesting. So he was not as near to death in 1992 as he had another 25 years in him.
1: Yeah. yeah How about he, that? He hung in there. Um, I felt like his
0: death was like imminent.
1: Yeah, yeah, th- that's usually yeah. why people like tr- start trying to do the right thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I guess what was interesting, uh, if you if you, uh, and they have a link to his obituary on the
0: mm.
1: on the wiki. Uh, Sherry's not mentioned in it, so well, I'm assuming. uh hmm. it, But apparently, like, because unsolved uh, unsolved mysteries, because they they opened this segment sort of talking about like because he has you know he's a millionaire by this point and mm-hmm. he doesn't have any any descendants or anything so she, like his kid this kid he had would be the person who would inherit his estate but mm-hmm. when you read his obituary apparently at some point after this episode aired he ended up with a son and like three grandchildren so they probably got the estate
0: oh yeah yeah i guess he could have i mean he lived another 25 years all that could have
1: i mean my my dad managed to uh yeah anyway but yes we have one more segment to talk about at the beginning of the episode of unsolved mysteries when they, they 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 start by talking about las vegas and stuff Mm-hmm. And I got real excited because it's like, oh, another Las Vegas fraud, you know, segment. Yeah. And then. Kind of. The, well, yeah, there was. <laughs> kind of the, a fraud. There was some fraud. Unfortunately, there was also some sexual assault, which uh, made me less excited to.
0: Yeah. So maybe we just. Um, so if you like don't want to hear about all of that, uh, you can just stop listening to this episode. Yeah. Or maybe maybe fast forward like five minutes in.
1: I don't know. And then we'll like, be done the, talking the about sexual it. sexual assault stuff sort of comes up.
0: Okay, well then just stop listening. If you don't want to hear it, just you can just stop the episode right now.
1: I mean, I mean, if anything, then, you could probably listen to the next five minutes, but then after that you would have to t- okay. turn it. Yeah. But, well, the thing is, is the segment opens up as so many las vegas related segments do on uh, unsolved mysteries with the exact same in the sky shot of 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 what was the strip at the time i actually went back to episode eight of this season if you remember eliza montgomery who was going around uh passing off bad checks exact Mm -hmm. same overhead shot of vegas
0: it's almost like people who make television use the same B-roll over and over <laughs> again to save money.
1: Yeah. The uh a lot of the different <laughs> shots of like stuff on ground level are different, but at the same time they have a similar appearance. So I'm assuming they just drove down the strip, filmed as many like casino fronts as they could, and uh, you know, they just mix mix in a different set um every time they they do a vegas segment but yeah we have a it starts out we talk about someone named william john wood who he resigned from the toledo police department after he's being investigated for misconduct that was in 1972 between surprise yes between 77 and 85, he committed a number of crimes, ended up in jail. And then by the mid 80s, he had moved out to Las Vegas and he had renamed himself as Max Carson.
0: Mm-hmm. I need to talk about Max Carson's car.
1: Okay, let's talk about Max The Carson's
0: absolute car. unit of a Mercedes that he is driving. <laughs> while talking on like a car phone um that i i would die for that car oh. i would love that late 80s it's a late 80s i think it's an i think it's an sl3 80s someone correct me if i'm wrong but it's just got that fat plastic bumper on it like the, yeah. the 1980s uh, mercedes did it's just it's just a dream it's just a dream
1: would you say this car then would be a good thing to get you for your birthday
0: uh yeah, if someone could
1: pull that off. Um <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, that'd be
1: pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, what? While well, you noticed the car, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not really into cars myself. So the mm-hmm. thing my attention went to there was a not a billboard, but one of those big signs out in front of a casino. Um yeah, and it was advertising free lemonade. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh man, I would. It would totally be worth doing a little bit of gambling if there was free lemonade involved.
0: Yeah, that's how you're getting Robbie uh, at the tables. (sighs) Free lemonade.
1: Totally. So, (laughs) anyway, uh, this Max Carson persona that he created for himself uh, acted as a sort of, you know, Moogle movie producer sort of guy. Yeah. Uh along with like say modeling agent or whatever. And he has a he has an actual office with employees and stuff, which I'm like, how did he how did he do that? Because he had I mean clearly he had no background or experience or connections. He just moved Mm -mm. to Las Vegas and just like Mm -hmm. bludgeoned his way into the 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 industry. I do not get that.
0: Yeah, I don't know how he was paying for any of this considering he's basically fresh out of jail.
1: Right, right. I mean, you you would presumably need some capital. I mean, I maybe he committed a, other sorts of crimes that he used to get the money he needed to get so that he could start this agency. Um anyway, so uh, it turns out that Max Carson was like a real Harvey Weinstein type. Um, he would, when uh, we have an interview with uh, someone who unfortunately was a victim of his. Um, I think uh, they, they, in the segment, they referred to her as Tiffany. Uh, she initially came in for like a movie interview, uh, and you know Max Carson leaning back in his desk and he's like and it's a speaking role and everything and you know uh, sort of um, you know making that out to be something really big the movie doesn't actually end up happening but and then we we get a depiction of like apparently he could go only go on pretending to be a movie mogul for so long before he ran out of whatever money he had because we have a reenactment where like some mid-tier employees like look we have a lot of people who haven't gotten paid and he's like whoa, whoa, it's, everything's gonna be fine and yeah. and i guess he basically just like decided uh, this the, the suggestion is to, that i got was like you know all the employees are gone the business is basically shut down but he's pretending it's still in operation so that he can Uh, Set up like sexual uh, things with uh, actresses because he calls Tiffany up, tells her there's this modeling job he needs uh, her to quickly step into. And it's going to be in like a restaurant. Like I I don't remember I don't remember what the specific restaurant was, but it was like a Howard Johnson's type restaurant. And, and he's like oh but you know before we do that let's uh, let's get you changed there's a room that I uh, have set up and they go into the room and the model clearly is already feeling a little uncomfortable because she talks about how she wedges the her purse or, or whatever in in between the door and the the frame so the door wouldn't close entirely and she comes sort of cautiously walks over to the desk while he is "quote unquote talking on the phone like uh, hey my uh makeup uh gal and my photographer they're uh, supposed to be on the way how how soon are they going to be and um after he concludes his fake phone conversation he just all he just immediately starts like sexually assaulting her uh she tries to get out but he closes the door um and then uh, a few hours later, she calls the police. And I can't recall, like, he just skips town, right? Uh,
0: um, yeah. Yeah,
1: and relocates to Florida, where he gets caught up in a sting operation, trying to, to I guess he was arranging for sex with what someone he thought was an escort or something. Uh, though that that reenactment is also like creepy McCreepers, because you know he he's, he walks up to the s escort and he's like, why don't we go upstairs? And she's like, actually, I, I thought we could uh, here on the first floor. You know, let's, let's go. And he's like, he's he's you know getting ready to like just like push her upstairs when the uh, undercover cops show up. Unfortunately, they were. They didn't know that he was also wanted in uh, Vegas. So he's in jail for a couple of days before being let out. Um, and uh, that's it, right? He just disappears.
0: Yeah. The uh, Unsolved Mysteries was like, oh, he was last seen in Reno.
1: Yeah, they, they do. They do mention Reno as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Reno <laughs> Reno makes a couple of appearances in this episode, mm-hmm. not for particularly great reasons, but uh, <laughs> and then we get a text update that he got captured.
0: Yeah, he was uh, using a uh, yet another fake name. Um, what's the wiki say here? It says Brian O'Leary, <laughs> and he's a resident of San Francisco. So they caught up with him in San Francisco.
1: So he uh, he served the 26 years in prison
0: Uh, not quite he was he was paroled in 2012
1: oh that sucks
0: but he was he was in jail for between 1998 and 2012 so i think he served 14 of the 26 years
1: okay and there you have it that was an episode of unsolved mysteries i (laughs) very well (laughs) i actually I, i i my interest was held consistently throughout this entire episode i mean even the lost the lost love one which is normally where i sort of start to zone out and my vision becomes a bit blurry i feel disoriented (laughs) Uh, i actually watched uh watched with great interest through the whole thing Um, yeah
0: this was a this was a really interesting episode i think my my favorite was probably the um the boat segment actually yeah you know, as much as I complained about it I I was like really fascinated how this guy was able to like
1: survive yeah I honestly like because he swam like a couple of miles away from the from the raft to where the the boat had been lingering and honestly the idea of swimming that far just I mean
0: I was tired yeah, yeah. I was tired yeah i I, I, I would have
1: it. I would have just drowned at some point yeah. Uh, I
0: also would have died.
1: I would have died. <laughs> situation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing I like I I have um uh you know in in the course of my life whenever anyone talks about situ you know like if you ended up in a Robinson Crusoe type situation, how you know how well mm-hmm. would you do, how long would you last? I I think this got mentioned in, like, an English literature class I had back at UNR. But, I mean, the the, the mental image I had when that got Mm -hmm. posed, like, how long do you think you'd last? Like, the mental Mm -hmm. image I had immediately went to a skeleton with my clothes on it. And it's, like, skeletal, like, fingers wrapped around an unopened coconut. (laughs) And that's, that's how I would do in a Robinson Crusoe type situation. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) So if you like to send us criticism or praise or just Mm -hmm. interact with us anyway, uh, we have a Twitter at reenacted pod. You can send us emails, reenacted, reenacted pod at Gmail, right? That's right. Yeah, um, the face we have a Facebook presence. I need to go update that. I noticed some people actually started following it, and I I haven't actually added anything in quite some time. <laughs> um, and uh, please, please, please go on iTunes and give us five stars, or don't give us any rating. That's, yeah. that's acceptable if, if it's not going to be five stars.
0: Yeah, you're in or you're out, babies, at this point.
1: Yeah. yeah. Also,
0: we have the, the Patreon, patreon.com slash reenactedpod. If you choose to become a rumper, uh, we're going to put exclusive content. And Robbie will send you things from time to time.
1: That personalized
0: those, things.
1: You know, those, those Unsolved Mysteries totes that I ordered haven't arrived yet. Like... Mm. For some did reason. Did you get they... me
0: one? Do I get an unsolved mysteries tote?
1: Uh, 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 oh um, my god. Uh oh, geez. Ah oh, jeez.
0: Well, we do it, <laughs> we do it all for the rumpers, You know?
1: When's your birthday again? It's It's sep- in June. June. It was in oh, June it passed.
0: Yeah, I really did, had. Did it. I
1: get you anything?
0: Um just your unwavering support and friendship.
1: Oh, I didn't get you anything worth... for your
0: birthday. It's fine. But if you have you know a good link for an unsolved mystery stud, so I'd be interested in checking it out.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's just when I ordered they, they shipped they shipped all this stuff. They shipped this stuff in like three different shipments.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the first two have arrived, but the other they they mailed it out but it has not gotten here yet and i'm just like yeah
0: that seems to be what's uh, happening with the postal service yeah lately i just got two packages from usps though super fast so oh, cool. i'm not i'm not going to complain it seems to still well, be functioning at my house and so
1: and my situation's weird cuz like they were sending it by ups and then ups was going to deliver it to the usps
0: mhm Yeah, the USPS does a lot of last mile stuff in rural areas, and that's why it's important to continue to have a US Postal Service and keep them well-funded, among other reasons. Um, You know, Crystal, when I get paid,
1: I'm going to go buy some stamps.
0: You should. Stamps are cool. I just bought some from them. They have a really nice selection. You'll be pleasantly surprised.
1: Okay. Anyway, Uh, I'm sorry. You were going to say.
0: No, we just got to do the thing. This has been a long long and interesting episode. We just got to do the thing, though.
1: Join me next week for another edition of Unsolved Mysteries.